0: Welcome to Coffee with the Doc, a weekly podcast hosted by Dr. Glenn Schaefer, a practicing chiropractor with over 30 years' experience helping people just like you with natural, holistic healthcare and lifestyle change. Dr. Schaefer is the creator of The Vibrant Lifestyle, a wellness program designed around six fundamental principles that, when applied to your life, will result in remarkable changes. Again, welcome to Coffee with the Doc, and here's Dr. Schaefer. Welcome back to Coffee with the Doc. I've been helping a lot of people with natural chiropractic care for over the past 30 years. The majority of those things are musculoskeletal conditions involving the neck, mid-back, and lower back. But following that, hips and shoulders are by far the most frequent musculoskeletal condition that I treat. Today I'm going to talk to you a little bit about a few of the most common conditions involving these areas, what causes them, and how to get some help. Well, I've grouped these two areas together because they're of similar design, both the shoulder and hip area. Both are considered to be a ball and socket type of joint because on one side there's a rounded ball shaped bone and on the other side there's a cupped socket shaped bone. The hip joint is a, is a little bit deeper of a socket and kind of a, a fuller socket than the shoulder and hence the shoulder joint with less of a socket has a much larger range of motion than the hip. So here are two sets of joints that have a large dynamic range of motion. We use them regularly, really every day. Both the shoulders and hips have a significant number of muscles and muscle groups that uh, attach around them for support and to accomplish that dynamic mobility that I mentioned previously. That's a surefire combination that can lead to a lot of problems. And indeed, I see a lot of hip and shoulder problems in my chiropractic practice. Have you ever had any issues with either your shoulders or hips? Well, if not, just wait and you probably will. Well, today I'm going to tell you about one of the most common problems I see involving the hip and shoulders that most of you probably are not familiar with. Uh, The end result of that particular problem, or the outcome of that, uh, results in several different conditions which you probably are familiar with. I know that sounds a a little uh, contradictory and maybe a little confusing, but You'll, you'll grasp what I'm saying as I help to explain this. As I previously mentioned, shoulders and hips have a very large range of motion. You should be able to kind of spin your arm around like an airplane propeller. Don't try that too fast, but you should be able to have that full range of motion. Your hips, uh, again, have a little bit more of a socket in design and less mobility, but you can move your your upper leg and your thigh and your leg in every direction because of that large range of motion in that ball and socket in that ball and socket joint. One of the most common problems is that most of us don't put either of these joints, the shoulders and hips, through their full range of motion frequently enough to keep them truly healthy. That may seem strange since we use both of them every day, but because we don't get them through their full range of motion, little adhesions build up in areas that we're not putting them through on a regular basis. Adhesions kind of look like cobwebs, and they're a form of of scar tissue, and that's how I describe them to my patient. That's the problem that I mentioned that most of you probably are not familiar with, adhesions developing in the shoulders and hip joints. If enough adhesions form, they will start to irritate the joint and the soft tissue around the joint, kind of like sand getting in there, so to speak. There can be just a little bit of those adhesions, and then all of a sudden you go out and do something in the yard, maybe uh, trimming the bushes or do some type of activity that you're not used to, maybe you haven't done for in a while, and that soft tissue around either the hip or the shoulder, the shoulder's a classic, kind of gets irritated. These conditions are typically tendinitis and bursitis, the conditions that you may be aware of. Tendinitis is inflammation of a tendon and bursitis is inflammation of a bursa. A bursa is a little fluid sac uh, that kind of helps protect tendons from rubbing against key areas in bones. So it's a, a little fluid sac. We have them around a, a number of the joints in different areas of our body. I believe these adhesions are the first steps of the process that leads to degenerative joint disease. Along the way, you can kind of notice maybe some mobility changes in a particular joint. Have you ever heard of a frozen shoulder? That's kind of where the the shoulder joint is frozen up. It's a great name for it, the uh, layman's term. The the medical name for it is adhesive capsulitis, where the capsule of the shoulder kind of adheres to the joint and you've lost mobility. This, But it's how it starts is most of the time with some adhesions in that joint and then there's some pain when an individual moves it to a certain point, so there's some joint restriction. Classically, the individual stops moving the joint to that point of pain. More adhesions form with a greater loss of mobility, and the individual further decreases how much they're using or moving that particular arm, and eventually they can't move it at all without significant pain, and the joint adheres or freezes up. How do you know if you have any of these adhesions? Well, in the early stages, it may be difficult for you to tell because joint mobility changes are typically very subtle in those early stages. When I examine a patient in the early stages, I can typically tell. Oddly enough, it always seems that one side is affected more than the other. In other words, one hip is worse than the other, one shoulder worse than the other. So these subtle changes can be noticed because we can compare it to the other side. So typically one shoulder or one hip will have a little less mobility and typically it's at the ends of the range of motion. That's why most people don't notice this in their activities of daily life because they're not pushing their joints to the end of the range of motion. This seems to hold true that one side is usually worse than the other, even in folks that aren't very flexible in general. So in other words, some people, their joints just don't have the flexibility that other people do. I get those that come in with just these huge range of motion, I call them Gumby, uh, because boy, they could just, I can move those joints everywhere. And if I just examined the shoulder, let's say, that they were coming in with, I would say, wow, you have really great mobility. But then I check the other shoulder and I notice a subtle difference. So the early stages, it's a little more difficult. Well, here's a little experiment that uh, maybe will pick up some differences in you on one shoulder compared to the other. Uh, Stand up nice and straight and put your arms down at your side so the palms of your hand are just touching on the outside of your thigh. Now, without rotating your hand or arm, move your arm or your hand directly away from your thigh in other words, you're elevating your arm straight up. Continue to elevate your arm slowly and keep it in line with your body. You should be able to continue all the way up until your bicep or upper arm area is touching the side of your head, you know, right about at the ear. Now, don't tilt your head towards the arm coming up. Just keep your head straight away. And hopefully you could raise it all the way up. Now, try the other arm and do it exactly the same way. Did you notice any difference raising one arm compared to the other arm? Each shoulder has a multitude of ranges of motion, all of which are normal. So that one that I just depicted for you is just one range of motion. But the key is to compare it to the other side. So there's all of these different directions of mobility that need to be checked and compared to the opposite side. You already may be aware that you have some mobility changes, let's say in one of your shoulders or one of your hips. If so, you probably have adhesions, which are kind of, again, that that form of scar tissue. So if you had a difference in some aspect of mobility in one shoulder compared to the other, you probably have some adhesions in that shoulder. Checking your hips is a little more difficult to do, but I'm gonna give you a kind of a way to do that. Lay on your back. Uh, and bring your knees up with your feet still on the floor. In other words, bring your feet up towards your buttocks area so you're laying on your back and your knees are up. Now, with both hands, grab your right knee and pull it slowly towards your right shoulder until it kind of feels, get to the end of range of motion until you kind of feel a little stretch that's there. Now, bring that same right knee towards your left shoulder, kind of pulling it across your body. And the last stretch is to put the put your right ankle in front of your left knee and push your right knee away from you so this puts your hip through three different specific ranges of motion if you felt any discomfort in your groin area you or maybe even pain you probably have some adhesions in that hip but you can also compare it and do the other side. If you notice a difference in any of those directions, one side compared to the other, you probably have some adhesions in that hip joint or maybe in both of them. Well, what's the significance of all of this? Even though you may, and you probably do, have some varying degrees of adhesions in your hips or shoulders, you may not have any pain right now. And I know most of you and how you think. You you don't see it as a problem until... That's right, it hurt. I know that I know that I know that a majority of my patients, if they had come in prior to the pain starting, regardless of where that pain was at, I could have found their issue, even though they had no pain. Pain is the last thing to come along in most of these conditions. That is certainly the case with adhesions. There's never a good time to have pain or for an injury to occur, so like the dentist, I'd rather see you before the pain starts. So it's better to get it checked out now rather than wait until pain starts. If you have any issues with recurring tendinitis, bursitis, joint pain, you may indeed have adhesions that have never been addressed. I see this all the time. Pain in the groin area when you first stand up and go to take a first couple of steps. Maybe it's a discomfort in there. That's a classic for adhesions in a hip joint. Difficulty lying on one side or the other due to either shoulder pain where your shoulder or hip is is touching the bed. Another classic for adhesions. Difficulty reaching up for something high on a shelf because of some stiffness or discomfort in a shoulder, maybe reaching out in front of you. All of those are signs of adhesions. There could very well be some other things going on but it's certainly a good sign that there are some adhesions in those joints. Okay, I hope you kind of got the idea uh, about these adhesions. Little cobweb scar tissue that builds up slowly, usually and will eventually cause a number of different joint pains or discomforts in your shoulders and hip joints if left alone and do nothing about it, tend to get worse. And as I mentioned previously, I believe these adhesions are the very first step in the degenerative hip and shoulder process. So what do you do if you have some adhesions in your hips or shoulder joints? Or, or what do you think you should do? Well, this all falls back on principle number one, proper exercise. And I know, boy, you're tired of probably hearing that. But if you remember the different components to a proper exercise program, endurance, which is a cardio, getting your heart going, strength, which is kind of keeping your muscles strong, flexibility, which is making sure that your joints are moving fully. And then the fourth one is balance. But joints need to move fully to be healthy. Once a joint starts to lose its mobility, it will deteriorate much faster than it otherwise would. Adhesions prevent a joint from moving fully. Therefore, a joint needs to be made to move, which is the opposite of what most people do when a joint starts hurting they typically stop using it fully. And I understand uh, because it's really difficult to tell whether you have adhesions or some other problem. And to be honest, I, I can't tell you over the phone or you know just talking to you. There's no way of knowing if it's he, adhesions or some other problem. So you, if you're having some discomfort, stiffness, in a hip or shoulder it needs to get checked out by your chiropractor or your doctor, if he or she is... Familiar with working with joint related issues. Um, if they told you it's bursitis or tendonitis, you need to know what the underlying problem is. Why do you keep getting this tendinitis and bursitis? It is probably adhesions that have never been taken care of. A dose pack or a joint injection may give you some tempor- temporary relief, but it's not a long term answer. If you've noticed some restrictions in mobility, without any pain, unless you try to stretch the joint or put it near its end range of motion, you're probably safe to do some range of motion stretches for that particular joint. Shoulders and hip adhesions are painful when you're kind of forcing that joint in a direction that it does not need to go, but it needs to go there. Uh, so it doesn't want to, but we need to make it do that. I always tell my patients when we're getting ready to start doing some of these uh, maneuvers on their shoulder that it's not going to be any fun, but it'll be worth it in the end. I give my patients some specific mobility exercises to do on their own for their hips and shoulders, very specific to all the different directions of those joints, and you have to kind of do them on a daily basis at first. Once the majority of the mobility is restored, we'll talk about strengthening that, which I typically can recommend some elastic band type of exercises. And while we're on the shoulder, uh, let me touch on uh, rotator cuff issues. A lot of people think, and I think probably the majority of, that the rotator cuff is, is some particular structure in the shoulder. Well, the rotator cuff is actually a group of four separate muscles, the supraspinatus, infraspinatus, teres minor, and subscapularis. As I would mentioned, adhesions can lead to tendonitis, which is that inflammation of a tendon, chronic long-term Inflammation of a tendon will actually weaken that tendon and can lead to a small tear. So adhesions in the shoulder uh, can lead to a rotator cuff issue. Adhesions in the hip can lead to degenerative hip disease. Bottom line, these conditions, adhesions, result from inadequate mobility stretches in both the shoulder and hip area. This again stresses principle number one, proper exercise. You need to get moving, and we have to put all of our joints through full range of motion to try to help maintain them at optimal health. I literally see these hips and shoulder problems in my chiropractic practice on a daily basis. I keep threatening to kind of put the explanation either on video or, or some type of recording so that I can save my voice throughout the day. But healthy hips and shoulders are a key to our activities of daily living. I mentioned that we use our hips and shoulders every day so most of the things that we do throughout our day involve the hips and or shoulders all things that we do every day concern the hips and shoulders so we need to really take care of these joints problems in either one of them will greatly impact the quality of your life and the things that you like to do especially as you start to get into the middle age and and later years. There's a lot of things that you still want to do. You don't want to be limited by a physical condition that could have been prevented if you'd started years earlier. Well, if you have any questions on this, uh, don't hesitate to contact me directly at my personal email. That's gsspine at gmail.com. Well, thanks for tuning in again to Coffee with a Dot. Uh, Make sure that you uh, share this podcast with other folks. Our audience is growing, and our goal is always to help more people. I'll see you again next week.